This is Retake, a show about enjoying the cinematic arts. That includes new films, old films, Star Wars films, pretty much any cinematic entertainment that we feel like talking about. I'm TJ. I am the Jedi Master who's in charge of your training today. I have two other Jedis joining me today. First off, our very own Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is Tim Smith. How are you, Tim? Hi, TJ. And I believe it's Jedi. Come on, man. Oh, is Jedi already plural? (laughs) Multiple Jedi? Yeah. Okay, well, we're already starting off on the correct pedantic note. Um, Good. And so also joining us today, uh, second time on the podcast, it is, uh, I'm pretty sure her force powers are equal to Ray's. It is Lisa Cooper. Welcome back, Lisa. Hi, glad to be here. And uh, just kind of, Lisa, to... I don't. I doubt if we talked about this since it was unrelated to Star Wars last time you were on. But you, I believe, have children named after Star Wars characters. I do. <laughs> yes, uh, my firstborn son is Jason Cooper, uh, but spelled like Jason Solo from the expanded universe. Nice. Um. Yeah. So J A C E N, and then my second son is Ben after Ben Skywalker. Mm. of the old expanded universe. So you can imagine that the day that they discontinued the expanded universe <laughs> was not a good day. You, you kind of had a sad, sad day when that yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to ask about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although it's funny because people who are really into star Wars still get it. Yeah. <laughs> like I've, I've met people in passing who are like Jason, like Jason solo. It's great. <laughs> so um, can you tell me, I'm not really, I haven't been into the expanded universe. My wife could probably tell me, but she, she was she was a big, avid expanded universe book reader. But is Jason by any chance an analog or co- closely related to the now Ben Solo Kylo Ren yes. character? Okay. Which is okay. also funny because now I have a Jason and a Ben. Yes. So it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> same character, different continuities. <laughs> Tim, do you have any animals or anything named after Star Wars characters? <laughs> Unfortunately not. No. Okay. Uh, but I, I feel like I'd, I'd do, I do very similar to Lisa. I I would try to find a way to name my children, uh, after some star Wars character, uh, if that were to ever happen. Yeah. I see. I just don't know if I'm that much of a star Wars nerd because I, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I, that just feels too cliche or something as a nerd to name your children after a thing you really like. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not, I'm just not cool enough. The thing is, I like these names before we picked them. <laughs> so uh, yes. I had suggested the names and uh, my husband only signed off on them because they were also Star Wars names. <laughs> so, nice. you know, uh, that's well, awesome. that's well, how we work so that out. <laughs> we've established, Lisa, that you are really into Star Wars. And I think that's good because we're getting ready to talk about Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Um, this film uh, starred... Uh, such uh, people as Daisy Ridley, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Andy Serkis, the list is not done yet, Domhnall Gleeson, Gwendolyn <laughs> Christie, Laura Dern, uh, Benicio Del Toro. There's, there's a lot of people in this movie. Um, and the story, I, I don't know how much I uh, like the story that I Googled and found the synopsis, but I'm going to read it anyway. Luke Skywalker's peaceful and solitary existence gets upended when he encounters Rey, a young woman who who shows strong signs of the Force. Her desire to learn the ways of the Jedi forces Luke to make a decision that changes their lives forever. Meanwhile, Kylo Ren and General Hux lead the First Order in an all-out assault against Leia and the resistance for supremacy of the galaxy. So, um, 
Lisa, since you're a, you're you're not on this podcast very often, I want to ask you for your opening thoughts or kind of what how you felt overall about the film. Oh boy, I don't even know where to start because I feel like <laughs> uh, I tried so hard to avoid any spoilers. I only mm-hmm. watched the trailers once, you know. Um, like my husband would list, would watch them over and over again and try and speculate, and I just I couldn't do that because I didn't want to. I didn't want to get my hopes up for something that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I have to kind of take a step back and say the force awakens was not the movie I wanted it to be. Ah. Um, and so I, it's not that I didn't like it. Cause I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, but it just, it didn't do enough um, backstory to sort of explain why things were the way that they were. And so I think all of the problems that I have with the last Jedi are based in the fact that, things weren't addressed properly in The Force Awakens, if that makes sense. so it, it, it's, it's sort of like, um, and by the way, for for our audience, we're going to be spoiling this movie right from the get-go, so please have watched the movie before you listen to this. But it's, it's sort I don't of know like, why, you, why, why would you listen to a Star Wars podcast about a movie you haven't seen? That's crazy. I know, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. So Yeah, definitely don't do that. So, yeah, I think one of the things that, that this movie kind of gives us a sense of, uh, maybe I think that you're driving at, is that... Um, Ryan Johnson kind of come in and came in and broke all of J.J. Abrams' toys. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he just sort of threw it all out the window. He said, we, we don't care about this and we don't care about that. Is that kind of what you're driving at? Like the problems uh, with the movie? Bit, are... Yeah, a little bit. I, I would have liked to know, like, where did Snoke come from? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Who the heck is the First Order in the first place? Um, and I mean, I think I could uh, start reading the books and maybe get a sense of all of that stuff. But for the moviegoers, I mean, you're kind of left in the dark about a lot of things that are, I feel are kind of important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I thought it was wonderful. It was super enjoyable. Uh, I think it did the same things right that Rogue One did. Mm-hmm. Um, in being, it was so cinematically breathtaking. Um, and not that The Force Awakens wasn't, but... There, we didn't have any interesting worlds kind of in The Force Awakens and um, nothing particularly visually stimulating in the same way. And so we see that in The Last Jedi, I think, more well, than per- The Force particu- Awakens. Particularly with the uh, light speed blow up the, 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 the uh, Star Destroyer scene. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. So, Tim. Yeah. Tim, what are your uh, thoughts on uh, The Last Jedi, your opening statement, so to speak? My my opening statement is the fact that this movie is easily, for me, uh, my favorite Star Wars film now. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Over Empire Strikes Back. Um, because I think The Last Jedi addresses a few key issues that I think I've had with Star Wars over the years. Mm. Um, and I think it pushes it in a new direction that I... I think is going to be really, really good going forward. That that is obviously if if JJ um, uh, is smart and and kind of follows Ryan Johnson's direction uh, with mm-hmm. this film. Um, yeah, right. I you know I, I I would agree with with some of Lisa's thoughts in, in the sense that uh, the things that bothered me about the Last Jedi were, were probably because uh, JJ has this uh, knack for creating you know, mystery out of things that maybe aren't mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan Johnson came in and said, basically these mysteries don't matter. Don't pay yep. attention to them. Um, so 
you know, so I agree. Like, I, I wanted a lot more backstory on Snoke, who he is, how he ascended to power. I, I mean, how the heck is he probably the, the most powerful force user in in the galaxy? Yes. And yet we got none of that because it didn't matter. Um, to, to me, that character is completely useless except for uh, being a vessel to to have Kylo Ren have this moment where you know he ascends to true power. So I I, I agree. I, I agree I, with that. You know, I, I think I think the movie is amazing. Uh, personally, I, I mean, there there's so much to like about it. I love the score. Um, I, I I agree. The cinematography is is just breathtaking, and there are a lot of great moments uh, in the movie. And I and I also think there are a lot of great references to the original Star Wars. Without it feeling like fan service, which mm-hmm. I really yes. appreciate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- those are some of my initial thoughts. Yeah, and and I, I can basically just say ditto mostly. Um, I wouldn't say <laughs> Tim that the Last Jedi is my favorite, but it is my second favorite. It is I, Empire Strikes Back. There's never, I don't think there's ever going to be for me another Star Wars film that takes precedence, and that's that's probably just a contextual issue. I I grew up with the original trilogy. You know, I was a kid when Empire Strikes Back came out, and you know it it uh, it has a special place in my heart. But the Last Jedi is now my second favorite. Um, the Force Awakens was my second favorite, and now The Last Jedi is, and it's just that good of a film. And I actually, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with what both of you are saying about the 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 answers that we wanted. And I'm not convinced they're not still coming, like who Snoke was, uh, or I'm, or is. I'm sure they're going to do some or? kind of side, you know, thing <laughs> with that. Well, I'm, I'm sure JJ had an idea of who Snoke was and just didn't care to tell us yet. And I'm sure when he comes back, because he is coming back to direct the next film. That I'm sure right. he'll find a way to tell us, which but I think I, is a mistake, by the way. Maybe, maybe, but it depends on how they do it. If it's important to the story, but what Ryan, what Ryan Johnson essentially was say, essentially was saying is the same things we as fans were saying. I, I remember thinking, I don't really care about Snoke when I saw The Force Awakens. Like, I know he's supposed to be this big bad, and he wasn't. Like, I think there was a fundamental mistake made with Snoke. Um, a couple of fundamental mistakes, and one of the fundamental mistakes I think is that he's too much like the Emperor. He he's right. basically this yeah. shadowy figure that operates with a lot of force power in the background, and that's just we've seen that we've done that. We don't need that. Whereas his his um the 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 clear um kind of comparison you can make with his apprentice would be Darth Vader, and Kylo Ren is nothing like Darth Vader. He wants to be Darth Vader, but he's nothing like him, and that was a good decision, and that worked really well. Um, he's this whiny brat who's like, I'm Darth Vader. Ooh, I'm going to have a temper tantrum, though. And we never saw anything <laughs> like that from Darth Vader. And everything that Snoke did was very Emperor-like. But the second mistake I think was made with Snoke was they made him an all-CGI character. And he doesn't look quite realistic. This movie was better than the first one um, and, or, or than The Force Awakens in terms of making him look realistic. But there's still some times when he's walking around and you're like, he is so CGI. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. that just, that just messes that the, character. The walking up mostly it's is the walking. what ruins it for me. Yeah. Yes. Interestingly, you remember when you yeah. remember, you guys probably remember when CGI, it used to be the close ups are the problem. Well, now <laughs> it's when we're watching his full body walking. Yeah. But when you're close up yeah. on his face, it looks so realistic <laughs> that that was working, but the walking yeah. was just so bad. Um, yeah. 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 So, so those are the mistakes I think were made with Snoke. I'm, I'm kind of going off on a rabbit trail, but it's Star Wars. We can do that. Uh, I love this movie, and I thought that the tone that Ryan Johnson struck uh, with this film was an appropriate tone, and it really kind of sets the tone 
not the very first scene, but it's really close to the beginning of the film where we've been wondering for two years, uh, over two years, uh, no, no, it was two years, how, what, what Luke is going to do with that lightsaber that Ray is handing <laughs> And we yeah. got the answer to that, and I don't think there could have been a better way to answer that question because he's yeah. like, and especially in the context of Luke's journey in this film, it makes so much sense. But, but to set that tone, and you're like, what the heck? What just happened? It was, it was amazing. I loved that scene. I think that that scene that you're talking about to me is is really a direct response to to JJ's direction of the first one. Just because, again, I come back to the same thing. JJ has this knack for creating these mystery questions that that really, I, I don't know. At least, at least for me, I, I was pulled into them, and and I felt like, oh, I, I'm you know, after Force Awakens, I speculated the hell out of that movie, and <laughs> and and. This film just trashes on every single mystery question, you know, um, it, it, with the the way that I loved uh, it put was the fact that, you know, these mystery questions are thrown off the proverbial and literal cliff uh, and, and the lightsaber, lightsaber being one of them. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, this, this movie definitely does not care to answer any of those questions. And in fact, it, it almost spits in our face, right? It almost says, who cares what these questions are? You know, like one of the other big mysteries that J.J. set up, this whole mystery box thing was, who is Ray? Who's her parents? Yeah. What's going on? And what this movie says is, they're probably scum and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I actually yeah. think that's better. It, it is a little frustrating, but I think it's better because before it was like, I guess you have to be a Skywalker to be somebody important in the story or, or a Kenobi or somebody like, you know, and this what this says is, no, she's nobody. And that's fine. She can be yeah. a, she can be somebody. What's interesting, too, is that you kind of get a sense of Mark Hamill. Um, well, I guess, you know, Luke. I, I don't know why I said Mark, but, you know, <laughs> Luke, Luke is in this mind space where he has run away from everything and secluded himself on this island, of course he's not going to want to join the battle immediately, right? Um, yeah. And I guess the the whole way that his his storyline plays out throughout the movie, um, kind of seeing how disenchanted he is with the whole Jedi Order in general, that's indicative, it's indicated by the first thing that he does, which I think is interesting, because it's kind of this funny moment, right? But it ends up being really telling. Yes. And then with Ray, I mean, I, I'm not convinced that Kylo wasn't lying to her at that moment. Um, but as I, far I as think, I know, nobody really yeah. knows. Yeah, I think J.J. will certainly twist that into, oh, he just lied to her about who <laughs> yeah, her and, was. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that could be the case. Um, but it wouldn't be the first time that, like, this whole moment where they touch hands and they see each other's, you know, vision of the future or vision of whatever they were hoping to get from the Force. Um because that happens in Star Wars Rebels, too, mm -hmm. with uh, Darth Maul and Ezra kind of have the same sort of moment where that happens. That's right. Um, right. And that didn't turn out the way that they expected it to either. And yeah. so I'm interested to see how this is going to work out, because I feel like they were, you know, they were doing that on purpose. They were making a connection, I think, on purpose. Yeah. I haven't seen Rebels yet. I'm still trying to make my way through Clone Wars very slowly. I get, oh, I'll sorry. get like, I'll, I'll, oh, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. I'll get like win windows of opportunity. I'm like, I'll watch five or six Clone Wars episodes at a time, but then I'll go like a whole week because I'm just too busy. But, but, um, so I don't have that context, but and, and I can he tell you. And he texts me to complain about Jar Jar, by the way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anytime there's <laughs> politics or Jar Jar, I text oh, him. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, anyway, so um, <laughs> the, the, the worst parts of George Lucas is Star Wars. Um, <laughs> there's I really no do think that 
I think that Jar Jar was going to be a, a Sith Lord. Um, you think, I, I'm you sure think so? you've. I'm sure you've seen I, that theory, right? I'm, I, ha- I have. I have. Because that was the thing that I said before. I said that before the theory came out. <laughs> too. So that was, <laughs> I had speculated that long ago. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the know. best thing about, the best thing about new Star Wars is there's no Jar Jar and there's no politics. <laughs> I like the politics though. Lisa, okay, I'm, it's been a good friendship that we've had. I'm but sorry. It, that's, that's the end of it. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, just, but I, how could you not like it in Clone Wars? I feel like Clone Wars does uh, such a good job. It's better in Clone Wars. I'll give you that. All right. It's not I'll take not, that. not as mind-numbingly <laughs> stupid, but there's still occasions when it's like, eh, uh, okay. Anyway, that's a, that's a rabbit trail. All right, um, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, oh, so the connection between Ray and, and Kylo Ren, I thought was so well done and in like the seeing of each other's futures. And we see by the end of the movie, they both saw things that happened and they both saw accurate things that happened, but, but the, the perspective, I mean, we've seen this done in sci-fi all the time, right? In fantasy, but this, the way this was done was so good because, and especially, you know, when the the Emperor, see, there I go, um, Snoke is saying, and he takes his saber and ignites it and kills his mortal enemy, you know, like, and like, he, he saw it too, but he saw things from the wrong perspective. And they, all three of those people did. Um, and, and I, and, and Luke's line is so great. He's like, this is not going to go the way you think, you know, and that's exactly what happened. It did not go the way they thought either, any of them. Yeah. I, I, I love love that throne scene um and yes. and the first time oh. that i watched it uh, my i mean my jaw was you know basically disconnected from the top my top part of my skull because <laughs> i i for, i did not think that they would kill snoke first of all in this movie second i, I mean what 30 minutes in it's it like i, I don't even think it's halfway in the movie, I think it's halfway. Really, it is. Yeah, oh, okay. I think well, so. it felt really soon to me. I, it did. I, yeah. I was shocked. And I think then, it was just the shock of it happening at all in this movie. Yes, and I then the totally the thought score. that it was going to happen. <laughs> oh, well. Sorry. So you just have you you have force abilities to see into the future. <laughs> oh my That's gosh, what it is, no, Lisa. No, I think it just has to do with the fact that everybody was complaining so much that Kylo was a wimp in the first movie. He had to do something super intense in this movie. Yeah. Well, it had to do with him becoming as scary as possible. Yeah, well, this definitely upped the level of because I think the right call for for Kylo Ren was definitely to make him this wannabe Vader. Like I want to be Vader, but I'm a little bit whiny, like like you know, like Anakin, like Anakin. <laughs> uh, and and <laughs> I think that was the right call because it made him very different from Vader. And he's trying, like he's got this. He he ordered a mask on Amazon clearly to to kind of look like Vader. I mean, <laughs> um, that's a joke, by the way. You True laugh so (laughs) anyway uh yeah so like but but the problem with that was that he wasn't very scary and this movie definitely fixes that because now he is a big like and and he's kind of unhinged like especially when he finds out that luke is again spoilers please people spoilers when he finds out that luke isn't really there and like he really just kind of like well first of all he's like he sees luke and he's like fire everything all the things on that on that plate you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I think this movie really makes him much more believable as a villain, which which we're going to need going into the next film. I, I I think Kylo Ren is done spectacularly here and 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 not um you know, I I give a huge credit to to Adam Driver who yeah. uh, again, 
I I was not happy when he was cast. Um, really? Yeah, I I was not happy. Uh, I, I'd seen some of his previous work, and he's he's a goof in every other thing that I had seen him in. <laughs> but his performance as Kylo Ren is is great, um, and especially in this movie because I think that there's a huge transformation for him, especially especially after Snoke tells him that he's just a brat. Basically, yeah. yeah, and you know, and he's wears a he's a kid in a mask. Take um, off I, that ridiculous <laughs> mask. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the turning point for him. Where where he, I think he really um, becomes the villain at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and you see it coming from there. So uh, I I was very happy. Yeah, I mean, I I yeah yeah the, I can't I really have nothing to add to that he he's he's done fantastic he, as a you know the a- acting the story everything about Kylo Ren is fantastic in this movie and I'm much more invested I was already invested but I'm much more invested in finding out how this story plays out now yeah yeah Kylo easily made the movie for me um Adam yeah. Driver I thought was so incredible and his uh, most of the acting that he does is in his eyes mm. you know when he's talking to Ray and you can see the shifts and how he's feeling and what he's thinking just by looking at his eyes. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and I didn't have the context that you had, Tim, where I, I was worried about the casting of Adam Driver because honestly I didn't <laughs> know who he was. But but having you know done some more research after I saw The Force Awakens and stuff, I can see where you're coming from. It's like, oh, does he does he have what it takes to make this part work? And, and he totally does. So that's full credit to him. I want to talk a little bit uh, before we get to Ray because she's fantastic too. I want to talk a little bit about Luke though because we have to because like we have not seen Luke in a movie in a Star Wars movie in forty years, um, and so here we are. And I thought I, I know a lot of people are complaining about this. I thought he was very in character for a you know a man who you know tried to st- restart the Jedi or who had this hero worship of Jedi, and then he's become disillusioned with the Jedi and he and he messed up and he lost his whole you know, um, his whole order, his new Jedi order, and basically started this war, uh, essentially. I mean, or contributed to it, let's say that. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I think that he's very in character here because I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, I wanted to see this great, wonderful master Jedi, Luke Skywalker, and what they did to him is atrocious. And and I just, I love what they've done with his story because, and I, I really, maybe it's uh, because I completely agree with him when he says, it's time for the Jedi to end. Look at their track record. They let, at the height yeah. of their power, they had so much hubris <laughs> that they let Darth Sidious take over. I'm like, yes, I've been saying this like since the prequels had been a thing. Like, what is wrong with the Jedi? They're stupid. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that moment, too. I mean, not only that, they also enslaved like this whole race of people that were manufactured and then put them on the battle lines for them. Yeah. I mean, because you thought at the end of Attack of the Clones, like, you know, Yoda, Yoda was like concerned, like, is this a thing we should do? But then he's like, oh, yeah, we'll go into battle with them. And that was it. That was it. And then they just went, went with it. And you're like, what? What is happening here? It's a huge moral problem. It's yeah. a huge moral problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also felt like. Luke was was in character, but I did not go into the movie with an expectation that this was going to be the same person that we saw at the end of Return of the Jedi. Mm. And, and I think that that is that is the the assumption that people who have problems with his character, I think, have made uh, yeah. that he was going to be the same person. Um yeah, because that's the, that's the heart of the arguments that I've been hearing is he's not Luke. He's not the same character we saw at Return of the Jedi. Well, it's been 30-plus years. How much have you changed in 30-plus years? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. But it makes sense. 
it makes sense on some level because Han was essentially the same character. Um, and we saw that in The Force Awakens. Yeah. I mean, I can see why people would expect it or want that. But I totally agree with you that I think it was in line with his character. I thought it was totally believable. But you see, Han, Han, I felt, was was the same character because he stunted his own his own growth as a person. I felt like what the force awakens was telling us is he reverted back to that. Like yeah, he had exactly. become more. And when, when he, yeah. when, when Luke lost Ben when, and when he lost Ben and Leia lost Ben, like he reverted, he's like, okay, yeah. I'm just going back to what I know. Yeah. And that made right. sense for that character. Yeah. So I, I, I think Luke was, was really well done and very well done. Mark Hamill. My goodness. Um, wow. Yeah. Just a so spectacular good. performance. I mean, th- this is, this is the type of acting that I feel like we've known that he can do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's just say he's grown as an actor since yeah. the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause his, his, the nuance in his performance here and his emotion and the way he conveyed, like you never, there was never a time when I saw Mark Hamill or the Joker or whatever other roles he's played. I only saw Luke. I saw older Luke who had become disillusioned, who, who, who lost everything and who now like Ray is trying to bring back the Jedi order again. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. It's time for the Jedi to end. Oh, and just the whole, um, get off my lawnness of the way he, you know, <laughs> like, like, like when, when, when he says, okay, I'm going to teach you. And they go up on that rock and he's now reach out and she reaches out and he starts, you know, doing the little thing. And then he slaps her hands. Like, no, you feel it. You feel the force. No, stop it. You know, like everything about it's just so good. It's so good. Oh, and I, I think that this is the best possible send off for Luke. And, you know, I, I think the door is totally open for us to see force ghost Luke. Well, I don't know what you call the official, the official terminology for force ghosts is, but that's what I call them. Force ghosts. Because uh, cl- clearly um, we know that people can return who are Jedi and they can be force ghosts. And I, I think there's plenty of room for that, but essentially this is the end of the character Luke. And I think it's a great send off for him. And I, I think he got a chance to show us that Ray, you know, Ray had an effect on him and he, he was able to return in the coolest possible way, you know, and I, I love the connection. So, you know, when he asked Ray, what 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 is the force? What do you know about the force? Well, it's a it's a thing that lets me move things around. It's like everything about that sentence is wrong. <laughs> yeah, and and then and then we get a reprise of that when uh with with Kylo Ren, he's like everything you just said is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and and I just I love that so much because he's like they're both his students and he's gonna he's gonna teach them and he I, does it in in such a cool way. So yeah. cool. I I think Mark Hamill will be back in Episode Nine, um because he. He signed a three film contract. Mm, so, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think he'll be in there. Yeah. They also set up the whole thing where Yoda could burn down a whole tree um, yeah. as a force well, ghost. So clearly he's going to be able to do something as a force ghost in the next well, movie. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen force ghosts interact with things and, and, you know, they're one with the force now. They are the force. So certainly, certainly they can burn down a tree. That makes complete sense. Speaking of which, the appearance of Yoda totally was not expecting it. And this was puppet Yoda. So good. So yeah. good. And he was so in character where the Yoda from the prequels <laughs> never really quite got into Yoda character for me. This was Yoda. It was so good. We have not seen this Yoda in so long. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed his his uh, cameo. I, it yes. was it completely unexpected for me too. page um, turners. They were not. <laughs> yes, that is glorious. That, was that so good. is my favorite. Yeah. 
I have to say, um, on the way to the movie, I was driving in the car with my husband and he was like, Yoda is totally going to show up. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody did suspect it, but uh, yeah, definitely not me. I well yeah I I certainly and in I did this thing where I was like you Lisa I was avoiding spoilers and I was trying not to think too much about what might be in the movie so that's probably why I was totally not expecting it like everything about this movie was unexpected because I was trying not to expect anything right exactly um, but yeah it was so good so good um, I I just I don't how, how how do you do better than that I I'm concerned about episode nine because I don't know how you're gonna how we're gonna do better than this movie honestly well well okay so before before we you know say that this movie is perfect I I would love to talk about the things that I dislike about this movie um, okay it, uh, now now before I get into that I I, I do want to touch on your point that I'm I, in complete agreement with that uh I I have loved Ryan Johnson's take on Star Wars so much that I am really not looking forward to going back to JJ for episode nine. I really think that that's a mistake. Um, yeah. And I, but, and, and quite frankly, I thought it was a mistake even before, uh, you know, they hired him to, to do it, uh, before I had seen the last Jedi. So, you know, there's that, but, um, the other, the other thing that I do want to point out is the fact that there were things that I did not like about this movie. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, there's there's always something that you're going to dislike about the movie. But uh, I was really disappointed, again, with the fact that we got no Snoke backstory. I felt that that was uh, a, a big bummer just because, um, like I said before, his character felt useless. The other mm-hmm. thing that really disappointed me was the story with Rose and Finn. Um, it it yes. felt it, it, it dragged on for me. It, yeah. And it felt like it slowed everything down. And and that's something to say about The Force Awakens. I felt The Force Awakens was a very well-paced film. Yeah. Um, whereas The Last Jedi did not have similar pacing. Uh, there were definitely some parts that felt, uh, you know, slow so uh, my, is, is the best way of saying it. My thinking on this is this movie is two and a half hours long. And any movie that's two and a half hours could use some more time in the editing room. And that's exactly what happened here. I, I just don't think they had – you know, it's not a perfect movie. I love this movie, but it's not a perfect movie. And I, I wish they had spent more time making some disciplined decisions in the editing room. And, and on top of that, what's disappointing for me about the Rose and um, uh, Finn storyline is that it could have been amazing – but it was a little bit undercut or under something like it did, wasn't done justice, mostly due to the fact that what they were doing didn't pan out and almost got everybody killed. Right. And it, <laughs> there was just no point in what they did. And that's not something you want from your heroes. And I understand sometimes things you do are futile and all that. I get that. But I think there was a better way to do it and certainly not to spend like they could have cut 20 minutes from that plot. And I think it would have been OK, much better. It didn't, um, and, yeah, it didn't seem to line up with the rest of the time frame. Yeah. You know, the yeah, 20 I, I minutes agree. could have made it line up better if they took that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the sting of the fact that they failed and what they were trying to do would not have hurt so much. I think that but was at the same time. I, I, I don't know. I'm not upset about it failing. <laughs> yeah. No, I think what the reason I'm upset about it failing is they spent so much time on it. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And I, but it did give us Benicio del Toro, so there's that. Who oh, I didn't like in this. Movie I did not either. like him. Uh, all right, I liked him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, I that, think that the stutter whole... of his was terrible. 
Oh, it was so bad. Hmm. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to okay. keep my mouth shut right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, I uh, liked him. The whole plot, though, with Finn and Rose, I think, was just to show Finn getting to a point where he was actually with the Rebels and not with the First Order. This mm-hmm. was whole, like, his character development. And he actually was the first time he wasn't, like, a stormtrooper. It's the first moment he hasn't, like, been a stormtrooper or been running for his life where he's actually exploring a little bit and he gets to see kind of, especially personified in Rose, this whole, you know, situation of the world outside of the first order and what they're doing to people. And you, and you see her backstory and this kind of leads Finn to the point where he could say, yeah, I'm rebel scum with Phasma who used to be his leader and he takes her down. So this is like the whole arc of Finn, I think coming to a point where he's actually, I think the failure there is on purpose so that it's not about that. It was about him kind of committing to the cause. Yeah. See, okay. I, my, my dissent on that, and I don't disagree that that's what they're trying to do or what, what uh, Ryan Johnson was trying to do. My dissent there is that they dealt with that already in the previous movie. Uh, Finn tried to, Finn was going to run <laughs> and then he was, he was brought back into the fold and I felt like he was one of us, one of the rebels. Uh, at the end of that film, and so I, the I whole didn't. idea of showing him, ha- I, I hated it when he's like, "I'm," he's running again. I'm like, "No, we've yeah. already done that. Why are we going back to that?" The whole point was that he was trying to save Ray. The whole thing was yeah. all about saving Ray. It was not about being a rebel. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, what I, I was about so. to say. That that Finn, it has been motivated twice now because of his affection for Ray, which mm. you know we we're not clear on what type of affection that is in the first place. Well, clearly it's not romantic anymore because there's Rose, and I'm pretty sure that's romantic. But you see, I i mean, when she kissed him, I didn't see that he was all that interested, to be honest with you. Really? Hmm. Okay. I don't know. This could Am I the only be one like, that got that feeling? It <laughs> could be like a weird, you know, they're going to have this weird love triangle going on. No, God, please no. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think that they were trying to separate Finn from Ray so that Ray and Kylo could have that kind of weird tension for this movie. Yeah. yeah. But you see, I, 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 I watched that tension and it felt like brother-sister tension mm-hmm, I agree. to me. Yep. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I which, agree. which, I mean, would not be new. For Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but, you know, that that's the feeling I got. Okay. Well, so you're, you're dissenting on that opinion, Lisa. I am. I think you- from Ben's perspective, this is the first person that he's kind of let into his life. And it's, I don't know. I guess there are all of the implications of family. You know, he just killed his father and then... Snoke is sort of like the secondary father figure that takes him in um, and, you know, is manipulating him or whatever. <laughs> Not a yeah. good father figure, obviously. For sure. Um, but, you know, he kills him, too. And so he's sort of reaching out. And obviously he couldn't kill Leia. There's that moment when he has his hand on the trigger and he doesn't. Yes. Yes. Um, and so clearly he has some some affection for his mother. And I don't know if, you know, I get the idea that Ray has sort of stepped into that place where he's opening himself up sort of from a family perspective. I, you know, I could go with that. However, I think 
the fact that his offer to Ray in the moment when he when they finish this battle in the room, you know, in the red room with all these guys kind of coming at them together, they they finish this exhausting battle kind of triumphantly and he reaches out to her and he says, "Will you join me? You know, we can rule together." And it's the same offer that Anakin made to Padmé. Yeah. So, well, and to and me, the same offer that Vader made to Luke. I guess I just this for some reason this struck me more like a romantic offer like you can be with me and we can mm. rule together that way. Okay. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I guess yeah, Okay. Well, I mean, I've watched it three times, but maybe I need to watch it again thinking. <laughs> I need to go for my third. I'm yeah, I need to go. Yeah. I need to go another time with that in mind. Maybe maybe it'll feel different to me because I, like I said, the, the first the first uh, time that I watched it, it felt, you know, a little a little incestuous, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I mean, I have yeah. no idea. The the fact of the matter is like it could go either way at this point. I just uh I don't know. There's too much of a connection, I think, with Anakin and Padme. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, know. we need to talk. Oh, there's so much left to talk about in so little time. Um, so we need to talk about Laura Dern and uh, I can't remember her character's name and Poe Dameron and that whole plot line and how Admiral Haldo. Admiral Haldo. There we go. Which I I I the second time I watched it, I liked her a lot more because I knew the sacrifice she was about to make. I hated her. I hated her <laughs> up until she made the sacrifice, and then I was almost in tears because of the sacrifice that she made. Um, but like, I, she would it have killed her to let Poe in on her plan? Like, like the all of this is like I know what I'm doing, and you shut up and you go do a thing, like or go away. And like, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's good leadership. And it just, just irritated me am, am i the only one am i alone in this i i didn't feel like that at all what what hmm. about you lisa i did not like her at all <laughs> really okay. yeah okay. no um though i i appreciate the plot because i feel like this sort of revealed stuff about poe that you know you could tell that he kind of wanted that job <laughs> you can tell when they yeah. zoom in on him and they're like the obviously the next person in order you know to take over is this other woman, and uh, he looks around like, wait, what? Yeah. I, I, I guess for me, I wasn't quite expecting this angle on Poe, and that irritated me to see somebody who I'd loved in the last film, um, it, it, who I just really didn't see this many flaws with, all of a sudden has all these flaws. I wasn't expecting it. I, I felt like that plot was perfectly set up, and I, I did not I did not dislike Admiral Haldo at all, because I, mm. I agreed with I agreed with what Leia said at the beginning, which was he disobeyed orders and he finished an attack that ended up killing most of of the fleet. Oh, I, I, losing I agree. tons of people. So I yeah. I kind of agreed with, you know, benching him for a little so that he could think about that. And and I, that's why that's why I feel like that storyline, you know, didn't irritate me at all. Um, with, with the yeah. actions that Poe took in this film, I completely agree with you. I I guess I'm going back a little further and saying oh. the Poe that I remember from The Force Awakens, I don't think would have done quite that. But maybe I'm maybe I'm just idolizing him too much because I really loved him. In the we didn't film. see him very much. That's yeah. true. That's true. I mean, it's hard yeah, to say. I, I, I don't know. We just saw him blowing stuff up, really. Which but, he's but, spectacular at, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, but totally. You know. Well, I mean, you know, I'm holding for General Hux. <laughs> <laughs> 
that, that was so great. That, that really undercut, you know, this because in in the Force Awakens we got this one, you know, this overbearing General Hux presence, and like this just undercut that so much. Again, this was Ryan Johnson taking all of J.J. Abrams' toys and breaking them, like because General Hux was this intimidating figure, and this movie just completely undercuts him, starting with the very first you know set piece, which is this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, it's just so great. I I felt like General Hux overdid it in the last film. Um, you think, especially, I mean, I, I felt that the scene where he's, uh, talking about the, the Republic in front of all these stormtroopers, like, yeah. oh, the Hitler, it, Hitler yeah. Nazi scene. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hitler Nazi vibes for sure. Um, and I, I'm glad that they dialed that back in this movie. I did not expect him to be walked all over. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little quite, much. Huh? Yeah. Quite as much in this movie, but, but. But I am glad that they toned him down a little. That yeah. whole moment with Snoke where he says, you know, the the weakness properly manipulated becomes the sharpest tool. That whole scene uh, when yeah. Kylo first walks in. Um, it You can tell that that's what he's doing in the in the previous movie, too. And you can tell that those are the same flaws with Hux. So I feel like it just comes out in different situations where he's around different people. Yeah. I don't think his character yeah. seemed any different to me in this movie compared to The Force Awakens. Really? I think it was more obvious how silly he was. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that makes yeah. sense. I agree. Yeah. Two more characters we have to talk about, in my opinion. Uh, and the big one that we cannot not talk about is Leia. And that's because Carrie Fisher is no longer with us. And the interesting thing to me, I, I, I feel like clearly the arc that we were that, – that was being set up here was – Force Awakens was Han's send-off movie. Uh, the Last Jedi is Luke's send-off movie. Clearly, Episode Nine was supposed to be Leia's send-off film. Yes. And we can't have that now. And I'm so sad because she was so good in both of these films and, and especially in this film. But she yeah, was she was better for in this film. Oh, yeah, but she was sidelined, sidelined for half of it, and it just makes me so sad. And it's not the, their fault. They didn't – I mean who, who knows when – you know knew, who knew that they were, Carrie Fisher was not going to be with us for the next film? Yeah. But it's so sad, and she did such a fantastic job in this film. And we finally got to see her. I I, I forgave all the little quibbles I might have had, you know, sci-fi wise with with uh, her her scene in space because we got to see her actually use the force. Other I know. than like, yes, <laughs> it was totally great. Agree. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Yes, I I I also enjoyed Carrie Fisher's performance a lot, and I I I personally love the scene where she's flying through space. Yeah. Um, we have, we have examples in Canon that would support that you could do that. Like, give me a break. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. you know, I, I mean, uh, Kanan uses the force to jump. I mean, these astronomical, uh, heights, you, you can't, you, you're going to tell me that you can't move through space using the force. Like, yeah. come on people. Yeah, um, yeah. so, so I, I loved, loved that scene. Um, and I I was very surprised that there wasn't some type of modification made to the story uh, to somehow yeah uh, you know kill her because yeah um I mean the end of the movie she's on the Falcon and she's alive yeah <laughs> and yeah. so I don't know I don't know how they're going to do this now. Yeah, well, uh, at the and Disney said they will nine. not do a CGI Leia because they feel like that would Which be Which I'm very happy for. Yeah, I, I'm very happy that they're not doing that. Yeah, I suspect that the next movie is going to be far in the future 
and there will have been time to kill her off in the middle so that maybe they can do it uh, in cartoon form or something. Uh, so we'll, we'll just we'll just get it in the opening crawl, you mean? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like they would probably come out with something in the filling in the gap that would cover uh, it. You know, yeah. maybe they'll have a statue of her or something and make mention of it. But uh, I just suspect that that's what they're going to do, because I if it starts immediately after it would be so close you know, yeah. I don't think that they could successfully do that without it being ridiculous. Well, this film is set up to do kind of because at the the end of the film is basically saying we're starting a new legend. Like, you know, you've got the whole the kids looking up to the sky and telling the story like so we could we could go another 20 years in the future and all the legends have inspired all the rebels and all this sort of thing. Like that is something they could do. But it's going to it's going to be very tricky to do it and it not ring hollow somehow. Yeah. It's going to be hard. I mean, they set themselves up for a Leia movie and now they can't have it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But what they did do is they set up um, Carrie Fisher's daughter as kind of a person that you recognize and you see throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And so my hope, my hope is that they're going to take her as somebody who has been clearly rising through the ranks of, you know, the resistance as the force awakens, you see her in the background and then, um, you know, throughout The Last Jedi, you see her kind of cooperating with Poe to do stuff. I'm hoping that she'll kind of take the position of Leia. I think that would be really awesome. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. Uh, now that you, I, I did not realize, I didn't even enter my mind or I didn't think about that being uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. And then when you said that, I'm like, oh, of course, that's who that is. Like, I don't know why it didn't click before. So, so yeah, now I know who that is. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm so sad about Carrie Fisher. Um, so... Oh, before we move on from Carrie Fisher, I, I, I've got to say that the the moment where R2-D2 plays the original message oh, from, from Leia uh, broke me down. Like, oh, yeah, me too. That, that me had too. me really teary-eyed. Um, See, yeah. That yes. was a really powerful moment for me. I was kind of teary-eyed throughout the whole thing because, you know, of Carrie Fisher's death. But yes, there, yeah. There was another moment where... Leia is in stasis and Poe comes over and rests his hand on her hand. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful. And, you know, you just get this sense of mother son kind of a relationship there. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. you. The thought that Carrie Fisher's daughter was doing that to her in the hospital like a few months after this mm. was crazy to me in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've I've heard that. Uh, there, there are a lot of people who speculate the fact that the reason why Leia has so much patience for Poe in this movie is because she feels that he's kind of an adoptive son, you know? Oh, she, yeah. Totally. She lost her son, so Poe kind of takes the place uh, of of Ben in 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 some way. And I totally, I totally felt that throughout the film. Yeah, Agreed. and I guess that's kind of played out in the books too. That I haven't read oh, yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. I can't oh, actually nice. say with uh, certainty, but yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to get busy and read some books, I guess. Who has time for books? It's so, that's the, you yeah. know, that's the sadness of my adult life is I don't read books anymore like I used to because I have work things. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's awful. Well, we ha- I think we need to talk about Ray, and then I think we should wrap up uh, this, this uh, episode, which is starting to run longer than our usual, which is fine because this is Star Wars and we can do that. Um, but um, I... You know, I loved Rey in The Force Awakens. She was clearly my favorite character from that film. And this film does not 
I think what this film does, it doesn't de-emphasize Ray as much as it's like, let's explore some of the other characters a little more. But Ray is still here and still very a very strong character and has a very strong arc. Um, and clearly, um, her we saw that she was very strong in the Force being completely untrained in the previous film, and that just grows here. But I think we also see her learn a lot, and it'll be interesting to see how that is put into practice in the next film because essentially what she's learned is the same lesson that, that Luke kind of had to learn, which is this is not going to go the way you think. You know, you may be able to see all these things in the Force, but they don't necessarily mean what you think they mean. Um, so, so clearly I think there was a lot of opportunity for her to learn. Now we didn't get to see a lot of, of how she might react to that. So maybe we'll see that in the next film. I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like talking about Ray gets me again into some of the dislikes uh, Uh of this film because, um, I would have loved to feel like Ray spent more time on Octu, but the fact that the, one of the main plot points was the fact that the, you know, they only had 18 hours of fuel, uh, has you understand that she's there a day. Basically, uh, see, or mm, two. I uh, I have headcanon about this, and I think it's it's accurate. Okay. Which is even though we we start with the rebel uh, rebels fleeing, okay. I think that this was a couple weeks after Ray arrived on the island. I mean, I, I still think there was time. I don't think it was instant. We blew up in the last one. We blew up the thing, and now ten minutes later, they're on their tail. I don't think they knew where the rebel base was right away. I think they still okay. had to locate it. Yeah, it doesn't quite line up. So I don't think the time is completely synced up that way. Okay. Well, that's my headcanon anyway. All right. Well, I I I I prefer your version <laughs> because, you know, the the way that it seemed to me was that she was there for a very small period of time and I would I would have loved to see more time. Um and and, and it, but still, I think it still comes back to some of my dislikes because every time we'd leave Ray and Luke, I was like I don't want to go anywhere else and see what else is happening. To other people, I you wanted to, to stay, stay here. Um, and, you know, this is something that I loved about Empire Strikes Back is that you get a lot of time with Luke and Yoda. Um, mm, yeah. Yes. And and you just did not get that this time, which really bummed me out. I, I wanted more. Um, I we with Ray, we also get into this weird connection that that she has with Kylo, which we've kind of talked about previously already. But. Um, what, what, I think it's fascinating how they use Ray to expose Luke's biggest mistake. Um, yeah, she's the one who kind of, uh, who is the one who finds out that it was Luke who was looking over him, lightsaber turned on (laughs) and ready to kill Kylo Ren. Uh, and, and then you know, you kind of realize that Luke is the cause for a lot of this stuff. And, and he made a one mistake that turned out to be really big. So I, I, I liked Ray's arc. I, I will agree with you there, but I wanted more time with her. Um, and, and we just didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I, I think that Ray kind of served the purpose of telling us more about the force than maybe we would have seen otherwise. Um, the fact that there was like the whole, uh, force area where she sees herself repeating that whole scene, Mm. um, you know, that's something that we've seen explored in Rebels, but we haven't seen in any of the major movies yet. 
Um, so that was cool for me. I, I was excited about all of the little force things that we saw with her. Yeah, see, so I, I, maybe I don't have enough context because Rebels may explain this more, but my take on that scene wh- where basically she goes down into the dark cave area. You know, Luke did the same thing in Empire Strikes Back, but she she feels this call or this temptation to the dark side because the dark side is tempting her with these answers. And we can answer your questions. We can tell you who your parents are and we can give you things, right? And she goes down there and so the temptation was there, but the dark side ultimately cannot fulfill on its promises. That was my interpretation of the scene. Right. Um, I'd be curious to hear what you guys have to say about that. I agree with that, but I also think that it it foreshadows the whole Ray is sufficient in it in herself. She doesn't need that mm. lineage. Um mm-hmm. cuz all she sees is her multiplying. <laughs> interesting. You know, interesting. not her family lineage that she's looking for. Yeah. That is interesting. But uh, do you think it could foreshadow some darker things for Ray, like because she apparently if you take that scene to mean she's multiplying in power and in herself and like becoming an important, prominent thing. Like, is that do you think there's something there or or what do you think? I think quite possibly. <laughs> I suspected that Ray would turn in this movie uh, before the movie mm. happened. And you suspected that without having seen any of the trailers, right? Uh, I saw the first trailer once and okay. that's kind of I- what I expected from the movie. I don't remember which trailer it was. I broke down and watched a later trailer that I because I was like, I have to have more Star Wars. Right. I was trying to avoid spoilers, but I watched one time one of the later trailers and there was heavy implications that she was turning. And I remember telling Tim uh, if uh, I texted you many times, I said, if if she goes to the dark side, I'm going to lose it because she's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars all, you know, of all time. So I'm glad she didn't. I, I would have preferred that she turned personally. Really? Yeah. Because I feel like, again, you know, what what I loved the most about this movie is that it had so many twists that I wasn't necessarily expecting. I, I for sure thought that Kylo was going to turn to the to the light when mm. when he killed Snoke. I thought that that's where that was going. Um, so personally, I, I would have loved to see Rey turn to the dark side. And I think in the grander scheme of things, I think it would ma- it would make for a really in- interesting story to see this person that you think um you know it is good uh turn bad and this person that is bad turn good i i really think that they've set kylo ren up for some redemption personally uh yeah as well. i think so but, too but but the interesting the other interesting thing this movie does is there's a little bit of a blurring of the lines i think between dark and light where where luke you know he says Reach out. Do you feel the light now? Do you feel the dark? There's always balance there, and and it's it's such hubris for the Jedi to say that they have this this thing all figured out, and it should all be the light, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's a little bit of a blurring of that line. I don't know if I like that because one thing that Star Wars has always been is a struggle between good and evil. And if what you're saying, and and I agree that life is messy and there's a gray in there, right? But yeah. but at the same time, in my fantasy, I kind of want there to be clear, distinct lines. And and I think this movie <laughs> blurs those clear, distinct lines yeah. a little there bit. Never I don't has, know. Maybe, yeah, I would argue that there never have been clear, distinct lines in Star Wars, though. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because people who were supposedly good did bad things. Yeah, yeah. In Star Wars, see, always. Mm. I mean, you even see Luke acting uh, using the Force in anger. Two, yeah, um, you know, uh, I, yes, but it was it was clear, like in Return of the Jedi, when Luke is starting to go dark side. At least to me, that's what the beginning of Return of the Jedi is clearly about. Luke going dark side and or starting down the wrong path, and then 
course correcting that toward the end of the movie. Uh, but it was still a clear line to me. I don't know. Maybe well, I'm off base a little it, bit. And again, uh, this this is where I'll I'll cite the uh, the uh, the the Rebels show. Yes, um, Star Wars Rebels, because <laughs> we kind of we kind of get into like Bendu territory. I think. Um, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, with with, yeah. with a new direction that is kind of gray, uh, and I I would love to see what that looks like in a film. <laughs> you know, I, I I I I really hope that that's what they explore in Episode Nine. Um, so yeah, uh, but I'll I'll let you say what you wanted to say, Lisa, about that. Oh no, I was just gonna say that uh, we see these, you know, neutral or gray, uh, force users like the Bendu. And I think yeah. Luke was sort of setting himself up to be that in this movie yeah. on some level. Uh, but instead of being neutral, he shuts himself off from the force entirely. And so, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how all of this is going to turn out, at least. Yeah, and I just hope J.J. can handle telling us a story about that in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I- you know, do, what, do, something I told my wife was was this, that I, I don't think J.J. will give us a bad film because I, I don't think that The Force Awakens is bad. Um, but The Force Awakens is very much a cookie cutter type film. I feel like it hits the yeah. points that it needs to, uh, to, to be well liked. And, and I think, unfortunately, that's what we're going to get with episode nine um, yep. is something that it isn't terrible, uh, but it doesn't do anything new. And I that's why I respect Ryan Johnson so much, because he had the boldness to do something new, to uh, do things that there there are a lot of Star Wars fans that hate him <laughs> because of what he's yeah. done with this with this movie. And, and I think that those are the type of, uh, uh, you know, risks that that I wanted a director to take. Yeah, so I was reading an article. I don't remember which article it was, but it was basically saying, you know, when Empire Strikes Back came out, there were a lot of people who hated it (laughs) too. And I I feel like we may be kind of in that same territory because Empire Strikes Back really did change the tone of Star Wars for the better. And I think this movie does that again in the modern age. It it really changed the tone of Star Wars. And I I think one thing that Ryan Johnson, this is kind of, we can kind of, I'm segueing into our closing thoughts here, so if you guys want to think about kind of how you want to land uh, your feelings on the film. One thing that this film does, I think, for me, is it really so masterfully takes tropes that you thought you knew where they were going and then completely turns them on their head because you start to go down a path. Oh, we know exactly where this is going. Ray is going to be trained by... Luke, just like Luke was trained by Yoda. Nope, that's not happening. And so they threw that out the window. You go down this road with Snoke where you think, oh, well, uh, just like in Return of the Jedi, he brings her up the elevator and they walk out and, and it's going to be this thing where Snoke's going to try to turn her and get this thing, information out of her, whatever. And then it's all going to be, you know, nope, you know, uh, killed, gun, done, gone. Like everything is kind of turned and twisted in a way you didn't expect by the time it happens. Um, and that is something that I think Ryan Johnson did so masterfully. And yeah, it's it is my now my second favorite film. I don't know if you guys have a list of rankings of Star Wars films in front of you, but I'm a nerd and I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Empire Strikes Back is still my top. Last Jedi is number two. Force Awakens is number three. Rogue One is number four. A New Hope is five. 
Six is Return of the Jedi, and then way down on some part of the list somewhere, I guess, is Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, and The Phantom Menace. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I always what, pretend what, um, those movies don't exist. Oh, see, yeah. I, I like the prequels. I You can throw oh, me off the no. program at this point, I guess, but... I'm sorry, we, we lost the connection there. Yeah. What we, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> We're almost done. It's well, fine. <laughs> uh, so, Tim, why don't you tell us your final thoughts on this film? Yeah, so my, my final thoughts is uh, The Last Jedi is now my favorite Star Wars film uh, above Empire Strikes Back. I want that to be very mm. clear. Um, mm. and, and the reason Fair. for it is because I think Ryan Johnson uh, takes the risks that a that I wanted taken in this new era of Star Wars. Um, when, <laughs> when, when Disney was going to start doing these, I wanted something new. I wanted something uh, different from uh, George's original idea. And, yeah. and I think that Ryan Johnson gives us that. Uh, he takes these mysteries that J.J. sets up and tells us that they're not worth being interested in. Yeah. Uh, but instead, Johnson helps us understand or care about the things that do matter. And I think mm-hmm. Star Wars is all the better for it because now the idea is that just because you're not a Skywalker, just because you're not one of these famous names that have already been established, it doesn't mean that you can't pick up your blaster or a lightsaber and be part of the fight. Yeah. And I love that idea. That central core idea is something... I mean, surprisingly, that is new in Star Wars. And to mm. me, that makes Star Wars more exciting. And um, so that that's my final thought. I love this film. I gave it, you know, four and a half stars because there are some things that I disliked. Uh, but I am I am just so excited with the direction that that Ryan Johnson has has put this franchise in. And I cannot wait to see what he does with his trilogy. Nice. And Lisa, yeah. your final thoughts? Um. Okay, so it doesn't rank as high for me as as you two. Um, <laughs> I mean, I you, I can't get out of the the core, you know, Empire, the Return of the Jedi, and A New Hope. I mean, that's kind of the core of Star Wars for me. And mm. I grew to love Anakin, you know, with all the the Clone Wars. I feel like you'll probably feel different about the prequels if you go back and you watch all of the Clone Wars. Oh, I already um, do to some extent. Yeah, I mean, you like Anakin. You end up liking Anakin. Um, eh, not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> at least, like, you feel bad for him, at least. So there's there's mm. that. But So it's probably not as high on my list, but I did definitely like it a whole lot more than, than um, the previous movie. And I just, I feel like this was a step in the right direction, and I'm hoping that it continues on into Episode 9. But now I... I have no idea what they're going to do without Carrie Fisher on board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, Tim, if people want to talk to you about this movie, engage in conversation with you some more uh, because they've listened to this episode and they're so excited. Where can they do that at? Uh, They can find me on Twitter as Smith Timmy Tim. And Lisa, for you, if people want to talk to you about Star Wars, which I'm sure you'd be excited to do, where can they find you at? I am also on Twitter. It's La La Lisa Cooper. All right. And I am TJ Draper Pro on Twitter. Be happy to talk about more Star Wars with you uh, there. 
Thanks so much for listening. You can find show notes for this episode at nightowl.fm slash retake. And uh, just find the latest episode there because I don't remember what. Is this episode 28? Yeah, so it's retake slash 28. That's where you'll find the show notes for this episode. Um, So we'll link to the IMDb page and the trailers and various things like that. Uh, That's it for us for this episode. Uh, And I'm pretty sure that's probably going to be the last episode of the year. So we'll be looking at the new year to figure out what we're going to talk about uh, next year. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, So good to talk to you guys. Thanks for being on, Lisa. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. I, I agree with you, Lisa. Like, a- after watching The Clone Wars, I loved Anakin. And I hated him. I mean, hated him <laughs> in the prequels. Hayden Christensen's the worst. Be- and, yeah. and, and I'm sorry. I don't, I don't actually blame Hayden Christensen. Because I don't either. I, 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 don't think, I don't think he's as terrible mm. as an, uh, an actor as he's made out to be. There's only so much you can do with terrible writing. Um and terrible direction. Yeah, but 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 uh, Natalie Portman rose above it. She's yeah. still pretty cringy in spots. <laughs> yeah, in spots. Yeah, but mostly she rose above it. But yeah. but anyway, the the Clone Wars, I think, helps solidify why he turns. Yes, you know, I, I, and 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 to me that was amazing because because if you watch Attack of the Clones and then you watch Revenge of the Sith. I don't understand why Anakin is so frustrated. But then yeah. the Clone Wars explain the fact that the Jedi don't trust him after. I mean, the man is a is a legend. Yeah. <laughs> like the the man does so much for the Jedi and the Republic, and yet they still don't trust him. So of course you would turn. I, I well, mean, at that point, like you, everything else, the Jedi do. The Jedi are stupid. Well, the right, Jedi, right, but. Yeah, but that's not explained in the films. That's what I'm saying. Like the the Clone Wars helps explain all of that backstory that you need to understand why why things are so bad for him and wh- why he ends up taking the life course that he does. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm on uh, the next episode. I have to watch of the Clone Wars is season three, episode fifteen, Overlords. So I think there's is there six seasons of Clone Wars? Six. Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. So I still have a ways to go. I'm like halfway through. Yeah, the last season is a half season. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm really excited to get to Rebels because I saw a a clip of Ahsoka and Vader doing a lightsaber duel on YouTube, and I'm like, I want to get to that. That is amazing. The fact that you know that Ahsoka is in Rebels ruined the I know ruined Rebels know. for you. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Rebels has been awesome, and I feel like they did so much prep for this movie in Rebels. You know, just kind of establishing yeah. things about the Force and about people and how they deal with it. You know. Yeah. So I want a live action Ahsoka Tano movie because yes. she is, without question, yes, my favorite please. character in all of Star Wars. I agree. Yes. She's awesome. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and <sighs> I I and I know that this is crazy, but I I wanted her, I wanted her to turn up in this trilogy, which I know that is not going to happen. Well, she'd be like what, sixty years old or something. So she could she could show up <laughs> in one of the offshoot movies that they're going to make. 
They totally um, could I, work her in. I, I would I, love that. I wanted to see either Kanan or Ezra show up in one of these too. When, when Benicio del Toro was casted, I had an inkling that it was Ezra who he was going to play. That's that's what I thought. Mm. But then uh, that didn't Tim, turn since, out to be since, a thing. Since you were pedantic on, on me earlier, I'm going to be pedantic here and say that cast is already past tense. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. When, <laughs> when Benicio oh, no. del Toro was cast. <laughs> sorry, you, you did it to me. So I no, had to do that's it to true. You. No, but thank you for correcting me because I, you know, uh, I, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> no, when, so, okay. So when Benicio del Toro was cast... I I thought that he might play Ezra Bridger, and and that was exciting. Um, mm. But then he turned out to be uh, a two timing son of a gun. 